Welcome to the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations, Human Resources in a Virtual Environment. I'm Stephanie Menefee, and today we're joined by Angie Walker, Vice President of Human Resources for National Education Partners. Angie, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us about this important facet of working virtually, especially in a time of crisis. Thank you for having me. To give us some perspective, can you tell us a bit about your role and your team? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, as you mentioned, I'm the Vice President of Human Resources and um, have uh, oversight of all of the HR function for National Education Partners and North Central University. I have a team that is comprised of several different areas, uh, ranging from um, compensation and benefits, payroll, um, employee relations, talent acquisition, learning and development, quality assurance, and of course, facilities. So in total, there's about 20 people on my team that support the organizations in multiple ways. Wow, that is a large team. <laughs> we do a lot. <laughs> yeah. So so I learned uh, I I understand you were recently responsible for moving your entire on-ground team to a remote environment basically overnight. Um, so I'm wondering how many employees did you transition? Yeah. So it's amazing to think back on it. It all happened very quickly, um, but it was a very coordinated effort to move about 430 people from our office in Scottsdale to work fully remotely. Wow. So what were your top considerations while you were shifting the team to the virtual environment? (laughs) Uh, Let me think back to that. It was... uh, really about how can we do this uh, and and make sure that it is calm, organized, and supportive of our employee population. And, um, you know, it was a a collaboration of all departments. There was um, many meetings, sometimes twice a day, to provide updates and to, you know, overcome some of the challenges. And, you know, it, it was you know, starting with the student, first and foremost, how can we make sure that the student is the least impacted, but how can we also, you know, make sure that our employees are well taken care of throughout this entire process? And how can we work together as a leadership team to make sure that happens? Um, So it kind of went in that order um, from my perspective. And then certainly along the way, you know, as we're making these plans, you know, our phones would beep and we'd have a new update, (laughs) you know, whether it's from, you know, it's some new source or, the CDC or World Health Organization, it just seemed to keep coming. But, you know, we had to keep planning and keep moving forward. And, um, you know, we we considered the things I mentioned previously, but again, it came back to the employees. And and as we started communicating these out, we had further considerations of each of the employees' individual situations that we had to deal with. Um, And, you know, some of those things we couldn't plan for, but we anticipated, and I think we overcame them very quickly and in a very effective manner. That sounds fantastic. I'm so glad that it went uh, as smooth as possible for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course, I'm sure there was no stress there at all. Uh, Do you have any any tips for other HR departments who are moving from an office environment to a virtual one? You know, I have talked with several HR colleagues, um, some in higher ed, some in different industries. And I think one of the surprises I encountered in the discussions with them is that they had an environment that was not open to remote work in the first place. And it seems like that was one of their biggest challenges. And, and the great thing is about our environment is that we've always had 
you know, from an HR perspective, one foot in that virtual environment anyway, because so much of our employee population is remote. So many of our leaders are remote. So we have over the years adapted to the ability to work in a remote and virtual environment. Um, You know, I, I think the key thing is, is that you have to understand, you know, do the people have... Um, the equipment that is needed? Do they have training and understanding and resources available to them in working remotely? For us, we had some people where maybe this was their first or second job in their entire career, and they had never worked at home. And we had to quickly come up with ways to get them resources in checklists or um, short videos that us as leadership made um, to kind of make it fun, lighthearted, but also show our support and understanding of what they may be experiencing. And, you know, I think communication is another key thing. Um, We wanted to make sure our employee population knew what was going to be happening um, and when they could expect the next communication to come out with an update, even if the update was, we have no other updates. And I think that really was the winning piece for us is that ongoing communication that Um, evolved, that provided relevant information, and again, continually expressed our support for the the team members and and employees who are going remote. That's fantastic advice. Thank you so much. Um, I'd like to shift a little bit now and ask you a little bit about your role from a service perspective. Um, So in, in a time of crisis, many people get curious about their benefits. So what type of role does human resources have in communicating with benefits management services to execute changes with staff benefits? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a a great question. And certainly, you know, from an HR perspective, I look at, you know, we are in a service environment, whether it's with our own organization or with the university that we're supporting. And um, benefits has been something upfront that we insured was getting out there in terms of um, if people need time off, what resources do they have? Yes, we have sick time. Yes, we have PTO. Yes, we have FMLA and um, personal leave options. Uh, We wanted to make sure that people were aware of those benefits up front. In addition to that, you know, these are uncertain times and people are dealing with many different things. And so we also immediately started communicating our employee assistance program and made sure that that information is out there for everyone so that if they do have needs that maybe they aren't comfortable disclosing to their leader or to human resources, they could have that confidential consult um, with a third party and get pointed in the right direction. Um, and then, of course, we're partnering very closely with our benefits broker and our benefits provider, you know, for any relevant information that um, we can pass on to those who are um, signed up for our medical benefits. And uh, I think with any industry and with any service provided, it's evolving in terms of this circumstance, but being proactive as best as we can and being communicative in a timely manner. I think that's one of the biggest things that um, as an HR department and as we're working with our benefits services um, and keeping people informed, these are things that you have to keep in mind. Absolutely. And uh, since we're talking about emergency management today, um, I'd like I'd like to ask you a few of the more difficult questions our listeners might find beneficial in transitioning their own teams. Mm-hmm. Um, first, we know that lots of human resources issues are time sensitive. So do you have a specific plan for triaging those kinds of issues quickly in a virtual environment? Yeah. And I'll go back to kind of what I mentioned before. We we had been working in, in a virtual capacity, but 
uh, one of the things, especially in an emergency time, is all of those projects or other things that we were working on before, and I use that with a very broad brush, that went on the back burner. And, you know, all of our focus really went to helping these employees, making sure there was a communication plan in place. And that was specifically our focus. And we made it a priority. And, you know, yes, I, you know, shared with my team and we discussed it that anything having to do with going remote is the top priority. And with that guidance, just naturally it happened that if we did get emails, if we did have questions, um, we were able to quickly stabilize or provide a response or create an alternative plan when needed. That's fantastic. Um, so from an HR perspective, what happens if you're short-staffed in the office and then find yourself having to move into a virtual environment? How would you tell others to mitigate that gap? Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that uh, extreme times call call for extreme measures. And one thing that each person you know, in my department has committed to is uh, we will do the work that needs to be done and beyond. And I think all of us have worked more hours to ensure a seamless transition and that uh, emails were answered and that our, our part in the emergency preparedness was done to ensure that um, any gaps that we had were certainly covered. You know, I, I am personally down um, of a full-time position in my team. And we were already feeling that before. And now we've continued to work together um, to make sure that we have things covered. We have a standing morning meeting at 8 (laughs) a.m. to talk through uh, what are the key items that we need to focus on today? What are new issues that came up? Anything else that we need to be aware of? And it really starts our day off right in terms of prioritizing what we have to get done. And I would like to say that I don't think many um, even knew that we were down a, a full-time employee in our team um, because, again, we prioritized the, the key items that we had to get done and we were able to execute them and, you know, again, have our communication plan. So hopefully no, no one really felt that. Um, and we, we were the ones who felt that and knew that it was just part of our job because of our commitment to our employees. So what is your perspective on sourcing employees in a time of crisis and uncertainty? Um, You know, is it better to go on a hiring freeze and distribute the work to your existing team, you know, like we're talking about here, or bring people in to fill the gaps? Yeah, you know, I think each organization really has to assess that with their current circumstances. Uh, You know, different industries have been impacted in different ways. And, um, but there was a, a report from Gallup that came through my email this morning, and it was over 80% of employees felt that they, you know, that they were somewhat confident or more that their jobs would be able to continue in a fully remote capacity. And I found that to be encouraging, <laughs> first and foremost, um, but have experienced two different things just in our organization of Um, people who had resigned are rescinding their resignation and asking to stay on. We've had people who were in final round interviews uh, rescind their consideration for that because they just did not want to make a change in their career at this time um, with the uncertainty. And we've also had an increase of applications for our open positions. (laughs) So, you know, we've seen the, uh, the, the range of of responses to all of this. And so I really think it's important for an organization to determine what can they do. Now, 
once that determination is made, and I can share what um, we have done with our commitment of uh, working 100% remotely, and and that's being, you know, once that decision was made, looking at every step of our employment process, looking at every step of our training process, and ensuring that it can be done at the same level of quality uh, in in you know web, in a web based format, whether it's um, you know uh, Zoom or GoToMeeting or whatever it may be, that we were going to be able to deliver that um, and create a good employee experience. And of course, we are uh, able to move forward with all of those. We don't have to look at a hiring freeze. We do have the ability to push ourselves and our limits to where we hadn't gone before in terms of um, transitioning everything over to web-based. But ironically, it just took us a few days to really get that all panned out. And there's, you know, maybe some fine tweaks that we'll continue to adjust once we actually start um, uh, implementing those trainings and which will be as soon as, you know, the next couple of days. But uh, having that, I think a lot goes into the work that we did upfront in terms of documenting those processes and documenting the lesson plans and we're able to make it go uh, web-based very quickly. So I kind of rambled on there a little bit, but going back to the original question on um, what is the best, I'll go back to each company has to determine what is best for them and what are they capable of doing, but then look back at every step in the process from onboarding and recruiting and training their employees and um, making sure that if they go remote, they can do all of those items successfully. And that should result in a good outcome. I didn't think that was rambling at all. I thought that was perfect, uh, perfect <laughs> advice. And I, I have one last difficult question for you. <laughs> um, what advice do you have for employers who have employees who don't perform well in the office and are now tasked with working virtually? Yes. You know, one thing is that uh, working from home or working remotely presents itself with new challenges that you don't experience in the office. Uh, you know, ha having children come in and ask for a snack every two hours <laughs> or, um, you know, having multiple families and maybe a smaller home where you can hear everything. Um, those are, are certainly things that people don't think about when they think of the glorified work from home arrangement, right? Uh, they think of not having a commute. They think of being able to step away whenever they want. Um, and so I, I bring that forward because, you know, working from home is somewhat of a glorified arrangement, but there's a lot of reality to it, uh, meaning self-discipline and elimination of distractions and, um, creating a schedule for yourself because it's very easy to wake up and just want to start working. And then before you know it, it's seven o'clock at night and you haven't taken a break. And so I would say, Educate your employees on best practices, provide them with the tools and resources, you know, and support from leadership of it is okay that you don't answer my email in two minutes. <laughs> and we support you scheduling time in your calendar to get up and maybe take a 15 minute walk around the block or do something that takes your mind away from work. Um, and and if they're truly not performing, you know, make sure that there's that ongoing communication of where are they uh, falling short and how can you support them as a leader to ensure that they can perform at their best level. And I think whether or not um, 
you know, you're working remotely or in an office setting, that conversation is essential. <laughs> um, but I think more than anything is, uh, you know, help them to reduce the distractions and talk through the challenges that they're having. And then if there's ongoing underperformance, talk through what those expectations are. Um, most companies have some sort of corrective action process in place. You know, just be very transparent with those employees. Uh, especially in a time of uncertainty, there's other considerations that employers should be taking into consideration. Um, you know, are there um, perhaps mental health issues or other health issues that may be impacting health? Um, should FMLA be a, taken into consideration? Is there an accommodation that perhaps wasn't needed in the office and now is needed at home? Uh, that is an employer's responsibility to you know, make sure that we're not just going to corrective action, but really looking at everything possible to, again, support the employee, but also um, get them back on track to performing at a level of expectation. Sure. Um, and, and I know that we've talked about some really positive things and some challenges here in the last few minutes, but overall, can you kind of summarize for us the ways that HR departments can help create and maintain a culture of calm in this abrupt transition period? Yeah, I think communication, communication, communication is key. And um, when employees feel that they are receiving accurate and timely and valuable communication, there's trust in leadership, and that reduces um, some of the uncertainty and anxiety that may go with it. Um, part two is set expectations with employees of, of what is expected from them when they are working remotely. And then the third part is provide res resources and support. Um, you know, I, I like to think of it as employees, whether working in an office or at home, deserve all of these things. And if we're conscious and mindful of it along the way, um, then, then we should be successful no matter what. Angie, thank you so, so much for joining us today in support of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations. We truly appreciate your insights, and we know our listeners will greatly benefit from all of your experience. Thank you. I, I appreciated this, and I hope it's helpful.